Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. little crusty booty is not here so it's the bedside brat and myself chels pinky how are you doing what's good what's good yeah shade is not with us for this part of the episode but you're gonna hear from her later in the episode during our group chat and black girl doing shit segment um she took us through an interview with nia thomas that chelsea and i were not able to make so it's kind of a uh, unconventional episode yeah <laughs> All right, or read this conversation that I've been having on another social media app um, about men and they're feeling lonely or them mm-hmm. feeling lonely. Um, there was a, it's kind of like a viral TikTok video and less about the video, but it started conversation about this trans man, so born female. Mm-hmm. transitioned into um a man and um he was saying that he since transitioning he's never felt lonelier and like experiencing life as a man is such a lonely experience it's not um, mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like been shared all over social media but it kind of opened up the conversation with some men um discussing that feeling and like I don't know. I just feel bad for them. And um, I think there needs to be more avenues for men who might be feeling these feelings to just like express them and have people to talk to and feel like it's not a weird thing to do. Like they're still human, um, even though we expect them to be, you know, strong and masculine and manly and all of the things they still have emotions and i it was funny that this video came out because then tyrese shared this video and i'm in my pick misha bag i guess but it was every like something that men should hear and if men if you're listening i just want to send this message to you every single man walking this earth needs to hear these following 30 things just to keep him going and keep him motivated we're not going to listen to all 30 if you have not heard them recently or you haven't heard them at all let me be the first to tell you i believe in you you make me feel safe i appreciate everything you do for me i'm so proud of you you're the strongest man i know you're so amazing i love the way you think I trust you. I want you. You never cease to amaze me. I respect you. They're just like affirmative terms, which when I I first listened to it, I was like, well, damn, doesn't everybody need to hear this? I know, because it made me feel good listening to her. Yeah, but I think think women probably do, and I don't know, I've never experienced life as a man, but I think women probably do a better job of, you know, girl, like, I'm proud of you. Like, so if you needed to hear that that's so cute do you find that um that is like do you incorporate that into like the way that you that you are a partner to your partner like that type of language 
Um, I try to, mm -hmm. especially, you know, now, like on this journey of being more vocal about what I feel, I definitely try to, because I think a lot of times you may have these feelings, but you don't say it. So if you're not saying it, how will the other person receive it? Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely am trying to, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think all that is super real and you mentioned the Pikmisha thing, but without that type of, uh, affirmation for men and like, uh, and because of these feelings of loneliness, then we get like all this toxic masculinity and violence and anger. I think men need places to go where they can be vulnerable. Actually, when we were at Essence Fest, we never got to check this out, but they had like a whole space dedicated to men's wellness and mm -hmm. um, healing. I thought that was really cool. Was it with um, uh, Walk Good, uh, the young man named Etienne? Etienne, maybe. Because I feel because like I saw I, that he was there. Yes, yes. He was with us when we were watching Jill Scott. But he um, he definitely hosts really great spaces in Los Angeles for men and that safe space. Um, and I think what you said was like the hit the nail right on the head. Like we're seeing a rise in like these incels and like that then develops into more violent language, rhetoric, maybe actual behaviors. Um, so I think we do need to take the time and pause and love on these men that, that need it. Mm -hmm. It's an even bigger thing. Like it can come, it can come from us as women, but yeah, they need a lot. They need they a probably, lot. They need to work on the ways that they, that they engage with one another um it, it's so it's heavy i think which kind of reminds me did you see the videos of the family members of the the man in um chicago the one that, who got shot the, yeah did you see his family's responses and stuff like when no. he when they buried him they wore shirts that said knockout king what yes girl there's this TikTok. It's like the worst thing I've ever seen. It's it's really bad. They're like what? celebrating this man. And then I think that's, a you know, it feels connected to this conversation because then there's people that enable these men. Yeah. Um, but then also, they, like, it seems like these some of the women in his lives were like caught up in, in like a system of abuse with him. Because I think you and I were talking about this as well, and they highlighted in this TikTok like he burned down either his girlfriend or his baby mother's house. Yeah, burned the house down. Ugh. And then she's at the funeral, calling him the knockout king. That is so strange. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. All backwards and messed up. I mean, honestly, I've been watching Ted Lasso, and I'll reply to that. Um, if you haven't seen Ted Lasso, if you have Apple TV, I never thought I could like a TV show with a Southern white man so much. It <laughs> is such a beautiful show. And actually, in the show, it touches on men's mental health, because obviously, it's a all-men's soccer team or football team. Um, and... There was a point of me saying this, but I think 
in the show, Ted's character is like dealing with his own shit, but at the end of the day, he's like loving, caring, empathetic. And I just feel like that's what the world needs. All we need is love, more empathy, more just like trying to be positive, trying to have, uh, what's the term? Like positive regard for other people, just like assuming mm-hmm. positive intent. Yeah. Even though it's hard. No, it's real though. I even, I think I need to start watching that show. Because another so one good. of my friends has been saying that it's so beautiful. She's like in tears watching it all the time and just feeling this is like all the good in the world. Yeah. I was trying to watch this other show recently um, based on a true story. I think it's supposed to kind of be like comedic. The The, the premise is like this couple is like falling on hard times and the wife is um, is obsessed with true crime and like they decide to make a true crime pro- podcast where they interview a murderer oh. and i said yeah girl i started watching it and because somebody re- at my job recommended it but it was very like gory what is it and, called like, say that again what is it called it's called based on a true story oh. um it's with the the guy that plays the husband is somebody that i recognize but i can't remember his name and then the the woman is from um the flight attendant i don't know if you saw that show mm Oh, you didn't watch that show? That was like a super popular show, but I could actually never get into it. Anyway, I say all that to say that I'm trying to like curb the amount of like dark negative stuff that I'm internalizing and ingesting, you know? Yeah. I need some levity. Yes. Watch Ted Lasso. Yeah. I think I need to watch Ted Lasso. I need some feel good stuff, you know? Yes. And the thing is, it's feel good, but they touch on like real shit, but then... It's like, how is your community there for you when you're going through the human experience? So it's cool. That's so cute. Okay, okay. That's come highly recommended. So I'm going to check that out. Uh, you would have thought that I would be prepared. You know? <laughs> um, okay, I got it now. I am going to reply to, I went to go see the Erica Badu concert this past mm-hmm. weekend. The tour is called Unfollow Me. She's still touring throughout the country. So um, if you can catch her, I recommend. She's amazing. Like, I was looking at this woman like, oh, this is a true artist. Like, you could just see her whole artistic practice and vision just all on that stage. But add to that, she's an incredible vocalist. Like, the way she was singing down, I was actually kind of, like, shocked. You didn't think like, she could sing? I, I think I never... I think I always looked at her as kind of like this big figure, like this mm-hmm. like hit maker, like the sound, the songs, but like never really, really focused on the vocal ability, mm-hmm. which sounds maybe crazy. No, I kind of understand what you, yeah. She's just like bigger than that. Like, you know, there's yeah. some people where you're just like, oh, that's like, you know, that, that you the know voice. them for their voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. like to me, Erica is just like bigger than that. But then hearing her voice live, I was like, damn. Um, and she was really like, she took us all to church, actually kind of in line with what we were just speaking about. Like the last song she go, at least at the one that she did at Madison Square Garden, she kept singing like, believe in yourself, believe in yourself, like over and over and over again. And the tour is kind of called Unfollow Me because she's like, don't look at me, don't watch my journey. Like you all got, you possess everything you need inside to to take whatever kind of journey you want to take. And I was listening to a lot of her songs even closer than I ever had before. And I'm like... Mm. Ooh, these songs are real as hell. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I first heard Bag Lady when I was a child. 
I just was like, oh, this lady just got a lot of bags. <laughs> Baggage. <laughs> Baggage. Um, uh, I wish there was, there's another song that she's saying that this woman next to me broke into tears listening to it. And I wish I could remember exactly what it was called. Oh, what's the song? It's like, free your mind and find your way. Hmm. There will be a brighter day. day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that song is deep as hell. Oh, I need to re-listen. Yeah, I like, think Erica Badu okay. is just... Didn't you know? Yes. Didn't you know? Oh, yes. Like, She's such a queen. Yes. She's also a doula. Yes. And I, it all made sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, you... Right. Now I'm reading it. Because I'm bad. I don't always connect the music, the lyrics and songs. Sometimes I'm just vibing out with the sound. Right. And didn't you know? She's like, I'm trying to to decide where which way to go. I think I made a wrong turn back there somewhere. Mm. Which I'm like... That is so real. Stopped to watch my emotions sway. Uh, knew the toll, but I would not pay. Uh, that you never know where your cards may lay. Time to save save the world. Where in the world is all the time? So many things I still don't know. So many things I've so many times I've changed my mind. Just beautiful stuff. Like so amazing. Like life. Love her. Life, life. So true to life. Yeah. Um, and then. I know we could go down a rabbit hole with this one, but just real quickly, I'm going to leave on red the way all these men have lost their mind this week about the clothes that women are wearing. I don't understand what's happening between Kiki Palmer's father of her child, baby daddy, don't know what to call him because that's not her husband. Um, And I don't know if it's still her man, not sure. And then Jonah Hill, had some drama and then I felt like there was another one and like everything was coming in threes and I can't remember who else it was. Okay. I feel like, I feel like I'm trying to find a clip and my thing was mad loud. Sorry. But I feel like I don't know that much about the Jonah Hill situation, but I do feel like, and again, I fucking hate when I fucking sound like a, like a pick <laughs> but I just like fairness and like fluidity. And I'm just like, how y'all mad at Kiki Palmer's baby daddy, but y'all not mad at this woman for going to social media with her relationship issues? Oh. Um, because if you don't like how someone is, okay, because let me make sure I got it right. Because again, I didn't dig too much in the Jonah Hill thing. I know the Kiki part, but for the Jonah Hill thing, he's dating a professional surf instructor, right? And he didn't like that she was posting bikini photos. Yeah. And then okay. other things he was saying, he didn't like that she surfed with men. He made a whole list of things he didn't want her to do. Uh, he didn't like her friends, and he doesn't want her. He didn't want her hanging out with them unless they were going to get coffee or do other respectable activities. Um, in his words, so why not just break up with him? Right. I don't know. Like I don't. I think I think people are allowed to navigate relationships. I don't see that as like abusive. I see it as someone saying what they need in a relationship. And so if that doesn't align with what I like or what I am willing to do, then I don't need to be with you. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear like a couple things. Like some of the, I think some, I think it's fair to set boundaries, but then I think some of his boundaries are kind of like crazy. Like why can't, what does that mean? You can't surf with men. Like, is that not like kind of extreme? I mean, what's extreme to me is not extreme to someone else. And I know this might be a bad example, but like, 
and I'm sure his reasons aren't religious, but I'm saying there are other cultures of people where, yeah, you need to be all covered up. That's what they believe. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just saying, like, I think people are allowed to have whatever beliefs. And I actually think it's better that they communicate it with you. And so now you have the choice to either say this works for me or it doesn't. Fair. And he did say that in all the messages. One thing I noticed in the way that he was speaking to that woman, though, was and that I've recognized in relationships I've had in the past is people will say that. They'll be like, if this doesn't work for you, that's fine. Like, you look really happy living your life in those bikini pictures. And, you know, if you like that, that's great. Like, if that's how you want to keep living for the rest of your life, you can do that. And it's like a little bit um, passive aggressive. And like, the more you listen to what they're saying, the more you start to feel like, damn, maybe they're right. And I'm gonna look up and feel dumb because I'm on, because I'm taking bikini pictures, even if that is something that you wanted to do, but which is a combination of like a little bit of a manipulation on his part. And then like a little bit of like just uncertainty on her own where she could like, I don't know. I think there's some manipulation there though. In the, I agree. In the way he delivered it. Mm-hmm. And I think there is like a power dynamic. Like he's obviously yes. this famous star but i also think like you have to have a sense of self too and like someone else telling me i didn't like those assless chaps you wore to coachella is not gonna affect actually that's not true if i care about the person it could affect if i'm gonna wear it or not but i don't know i think for me it's really the running to social media in a relationship that just like triggers me um i find that to be very elementary like i was doing that in my college relationship like if we were in a fight my story or my snapchat would be like about to be single or some stupid shit like that but like as an adult i just don't understand the purpose of going outside of your relationship like yeah I think that's a super fair point. I wondered with the Jonah Hill thing, if she thought she was like airing him out. Um, mm. like, like she didn't want to be with him anymore. She just wanted to air him out. Yeah, exactly. If she's like, people need to know who this man is kind of, I don't know. That one was really, that was a, that was a tricky one too. Cause when I first read the stuff, I was like, wait, what's going on here? But I mean, I think the Kiki Palmer one is a lot more cut and dry for me. Cut and, and dry. For a lot of other people on the internet, yes, cut as in cut him off. Oh, uh, <laughs> but then that's the hard part because I don't want to see a black child without their black father. I know. And it's so crazy because just the days before that, every any every all the days up until that moment, I was like, they are so cute. And he was cheering her on and talking about how, how fine his child's mother is. He was posting pictures of her in her underwear right on and posting it on social media so it's just kind of like a very bait and switch it kind of feels like it was more of a about usher and not about what she was wearing because she's worn things like that before but, but that it was is usher, thing. usher the damn man who's putting on a performance it's like a show and she's an entertainer and like exactly. you know Kiki gonna do the most. Like that's exactly Kiki Palmer. And like she's also just had a baby. And from what I've heard about being postpartum and how that affects self-esteem and how you look at yourself, it's actually beautiful that she's like, Oh my god, I feel more beautiful as a mother. And like 
sexy and like comfortable like i feel like that should be celebrated um but did you hear this clip i'm like now obsessed with her and want to listen to her podcast listen to this and what happens if you ever had a summer walker situation with me some girls just like yo uh oh just so you know she was wearing like my eagles shirt she's not even getting on the line with me I'm not talking to nobody. I don't care. She could be standing next to you in a picture. My name, I'm blind. <laughs> I'm Stevie Wonder to the bullshit. Whatever that we're going through, is we talking about that in the closet. Like, we ain't nobody, like, it's on some, like, he's got a twin brother. <laughs> like, I'm not discussing yeah, that. But then how are you going to react when people bring it to you? I saw your man or I saw that, you know, people? And I saw your man. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up, but since we're bringing it up, have you checked with him? <laughs> ate that up. Then we'll move on because they know I'm not playing at their point. Right. She ate I that up. Love her. She said, and she I saw up. your man. And I saw your man. And I saw your man. Right. I mean, literally, that, that clip was posted like the day before. And her man is sitting there yucking along, <laughs> agreeing, and then he's going to post that shit on Twitter. He played himself, child. Played and himself. Really just the, the, the language of like, you're a mother, that rhetoric is so dumb that I thought it was a joke. Because it's like, <laughs> as a woman, like that, all that like weird, like fucking shame. Man, like what, what is it called? Like manosphere ass language. Like, are we doing that right now? Are we doing that? Right. He watched What's too many name? Kevin Samuels videos. Yeah. Uh, Darius. Darius. Maybe Darius is lonely too, child. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Darius. Actually, yeah. he has a lot of mental, like, insecurity and mental stuff and insecurities and stuff. Well, I mean, a lot of people would argue that most men cannot handle being with a woman who is more successful than they are. Yeah. And yeah. by all measures, Kiki Palmer is more successful than he is. Yeah, we so, don't know what he does. But, like, you stupid because you could have been a stay-at-home dad. Fumbled the whole bag, Darius. What a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Got this fine ass woman, beautiful baby. She's successful. She loves you, obsessed with you. And I feel like what? she's not out here and these like you don't hear shit about Kiki Palmer. Never. Like she is the funny girl. Like chill, Literally. cool. She's Fumble a hottie, but she's not like she's chilling. She's right. She's yeah. That's ridiculous. Mm-mm-mm. Men and their issues. Go see issues. a therapist, men. Get a diary. Jeez. With a lock and a furry pen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hotline bling real quick. I'm going to go see Beyonce again. I'm so excited. Tomorrow we're going to see her. So my group chat with all the people that I'm going with is literally blowing up right now with like last minute prep. Apparently, if you're going to see Beyonce in the United States and it's at like an NFL stadium, you can only bring a clear bag. Mm. I just learned this rule just in now in this moment, word to the wise. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna be so I'm so excited to see her. Cause America uh, guns in America. Let's see what that gives. Let's see what that gives. I mean, London was a little bit dry, a little bit dry. Crowd was a little bit dry. dry. No, it the was... show was fantastic. Oh. But like the crowd was just like chill. Granted, I wasn't deep in the crowd that much. Right. I feel like you were, were sitting on the going seat. up around you. It was chill. It was London going up. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like the people in Philly is going to be giving. Yada, 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 yada. Yeah, you better <laughs> be careful. Don't bump into anyone. Don't step on anyone's foot. 
<laughs> no Loki. 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 Yaga, 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 too much. Um, but that's exciting. Do you have an outfit? No, girl. I mean, something really random. My outfit for the first Renaissance in London was also thrown together. I feel like I'm about function at this point. I need to be able to move. You know what I mean? You yeah. can move in a cute outfit. I mean, I'm going to be in, like, I have an outfit, but it's not, like, Space you know, cowgirl. like, yeah, it's not bright silver, and I don't have a cowboy hat with gems and all right. that stuff. Okay. Yeah. But it'll, it'll give. It'll definitely it'll give. give. Well, take lots of content on the BGT page yeah. at Black Girls Texting on Instagram. Um, and now it's time for the group chat. And now a word from our sponsors. Kevin Hart is back, baby, taking the stage in Vegas for Reality Check, his first stand-up special in three years. It's streaming now on Peacock, and he's clearly at the top of his game. In this epic new hour of comedy, Hart tackles pop culture, being a son and a father, social media, and more with his unfiltered, unapologetic takes. No topic is off limits, from height-enhancing surgery to sign language miscommunications at the gym. The special dropped on his birthday, so as he enters a new chapter, Hart reflects on his life, the ups, the downs, and the totally sideways. Now that he's 43, he's not putting up with any BS, especially his own. And no matter how A-list the stories get, he somehow makes them relatable. From messing with LeBron to not knowing what to wear to a BLM protest with T.I. and Ludacris, who, by the way, is in the audience. After the last few years, let's just say we could all use a reality check. Stream the new Kevin Hart special, Reality Check, now only on Peacock. Hey group chat, it's Sade here and I'm super excited to talk to you all about my hair journey, especially with Dove and their crown collection. Now, if you know me, you are a listener and you've been keeping up with me, whether you're watching on YouTube or on our social media, you all know I keep it very versatile with my hair. One day I'll have braids, who knows what color, blue, green, purple, whatever it may be. I love having fun with braids. But then I might get tired of that and switch up my hair into tape bins. Right now, I'm a sewing mommy. You know I love a weave. But while I am doing all of that and I'm trying different protective styles, I'm always mindful of making sure that my natural hair is healthy and flourishing because that is number one for me. That worst case scenario, if I needed to, I could just pull my natural hair out and I feel comfortable and I feel that it's in you know a good state. And so the key to healthy hair, or at least this is what, you know, the hairstylists have told me, is a healthy scalp. And that's why I really love Dove's crown collection because it really focuses on scalp care. It is the first holistic health repairing system and it features a lot of different products. So they've got a sulfate free shampoo conditioner there's a serum there's a leave-in conditioner and there's even a defining buttercream so if you are you know rocking the coils you can define the curls with their defining buttercream the products all have a plant-based squalene which if you've all heard me talk about skincare you know i love squalene I'm seeing it's really important for the skin, probably equally important for the hair and your scalp. It also contains prebiotics and vitamins, and there are 0% sulfates, parabens, or dyes, so none of the yucky stuff. 
I also love this collection because Dove co-founded the Crown Coalition with the National Urban League, with Color of Change, and with the Western Center of Law and Poverty. And they did this to ensure that there was legal protection against discrimination based on race-based hairstyles. The Crown Act has since been passed in 14 states and is en route to pass federally. This is super important to me because I want to support brands that support me and the people that look like me. And so while, you know, we're out here contributing our dollars, we know black women spend a lot of money on our hair. I think it's definitely time to be mindful of the brands that we're giving our money to. And that's why I feel really good about supporting Dove, knowing that they are equally supporting us, especially when we think about the Crown Act and the Crown Coalition and all the discrimination that has been, you know, made against the hair that naturally grows out of our heads. So super, super proud that Dove is doing this. If you are also on your natural hair journey or just a healthy hair journey, whatever that looks like, I highly recommend you check out these products and please let us know what you think. Super excited to share my next hairstyle with y'all, whatever that may be in the coming weeks, months. You all know it's going to be looking different all the time, but also love knowing that my hair underneath is super healthy with these products. So keep us posted. Let us know what you think. My good sis, that's a black girl doing shit. Hey, you guys. So our black girl doing shit is with us, not in the flesh, but via Riverside. We're super excited to have Nia Thomas. Nia Thomas is the founder of the ethically made brand Nia Thomas. Um, It's a black woman owned independent fashion label that celebrates the female form. Nia Thomas was founded in 2018 as a love letter to earth. And this brand really calls women to embrace their own sensuality, power and capacity for love. With a mission to pay homage to our roots through the ritual of getting dressed, Nia Thomas's luxe knitwear is sustainably produced in New York City, Mexico, and Peru from cellulose-based fibers and plant-based dyes as a zero-waste alternative, which I think is super cool, and we're going to get into all of that. Um, love that she is a born and bred New Yorker whoop, and graduated from FIT in 2017 with her BFA in fashion design. So today we're going to talk all things fashion, sustainability, New York, all the things. Um, so you are a black girl doing shit. Thank you so much for joining us and jumping into the group chat. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, group chat, it's Shade, and I'm here today to talk to you about the dating app Hinge. Now, before I get into it, I know you all are going to say, Hinge, Shade, you have a man. Yes, I have a man, but I encourage all my single girl and guy friends to get on Hinge, and this is why. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted because Hinge is intentional in the way that it works. It's different. You can easily build a unique profile using this amazing feature they have, and it's called Hinge Prompts. Prompts help you showcase your personality and to share your interests, humor, or dating intentions, and your potential matches can then respond to your prompts. So you're skipping all the small talk and really jumping into meaningful connections. So for example, there are prompts around your dating style. Together, we could go see a scary movie or see an international film, hit the Angelica if you're in New York City. 
what I order for the table can really get into your taste and what you like to eat or restaurants that you like. Or the best way to ask me out is by X. And really, that's just giving the individual who you're feeling the blueprint on how to meet you. So if you're looking for a meaningful relationship, download Hinge today, meet someone great, and then delete Hinge when it feels just right. Good luck out there, and I know it's going to be amazing. Have fun dating, and I encourage you guys to use Hinge. I love nature, but I don't like bugs. But I found a solution, STEM. Most bug problems are solved using conventional chemicals and pesticides, or not solved at all by ineffective formulas. STEM is different. Their formulas are powered by plant-based active ingredients, scientifically engineered into effective bug-fighting formulas. So you can fight bugs safely and effectively when used as directed. STEM products are available online through Amazon and in stores at big box retail stores such as Walmart, Target, and even Dollar General or Walgreens. Get STEM today. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. Um, so y'all are probably like, where's Glenn? Where's Chelsea? Um... <laughs> You know, life happens and you got me. So I hope you like me if you're listening. And <laughs> me and me are going to have a good old time. You're not even going to miss those girls. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be iconic. It's, it's going to be so great. Um, so first and foremost, I'd kind of love to just learn more about your background. Uh, New Yorker, like where'd you grow up and how did that kind of like influence your journey to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. I am actually from Long Island, which is like oh. like the boondocks of New York. A bit. Like New York, you don't want to admit that you're from. It's fine. <laughs> it's cool. It's casual. Um, it's just a really small town in Suffolk County. And I grew up there, my mom, dad, my sister, and I. And when I was about 17, 18, I moved to Manhattan to go to school at the Fashion Institute of Technology. And that had always been the plan. Like, I grew up watching, like, Sex in the City. And... Yes. <laughs> it's, like, so basic of me. But I was like, I'm going to live in the city one day. And I'm going to, like, wear the chic outfits and drink the expensive coffee and all of it. And Yes. <laughs> And then you get there and you're like, damn, this city is so hard and expensive and cold, but I love it so much at the same time. It's definitely kind of like a love hate where you're like, I want to do all these things, but I have no money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which is unfortunately most people's reality in New York until this very day. But we it's, a, it it's, it's a hard knock life, but we all live it. And, and I love to kind of get into some of the inspiration behind your brand because it gives like major island vibes so it's not giving me like concrete jungle it's giving me like beach vacation is needed <laughs> which is very accurate because as someone who always ends up being in cities and living in cities I just really don't resonate with it Whenever I'm in the jungle with my phone off and wearing as little clothing as possible and picking yes. a piece of fruit off the tree and eating it, that's when I feel the most aligned within my body and my life. But it is a privilege to have that lifestyle in general. But I've been able to experience it by living in Hawaii, Puerto Rico, been to Costa Rica, Morocco even. Um, it's that energy that the earth provides 
that is just so stimulating. And I mean, nature is one of the most photogenic things in the world. So mm -hmm. you can only hope but to emulate from the earth. And that's kind of the stem of where everything kind of derives from within the brand in terms of shapes, colors, just aesthetics and feels. It looks like you're somewhere warm right now. Are you abroad somewhere? <laughs> I'm in Mexico City. I I guess I'm kind of like bicoastal right now. I'm figuring my shit out, but it feels good to be here um, and not in New York. I, my entire like apartment slash studio, it's like made of wood. So it always looks like I'm living in like a cabin. And when I'm on Zoom calls, people are like, where the hell are you? Where are you? You got the plant and the wood. And I'm like, you're, you're in Costa Rica right now. <laughs> I wish, I wish. No, I'm, I'm in Mexico city, which it's, I feel like out of all of the cities that I've been in for an extended period of time, it does feel like the most tropical here. Mm -hmm. It's very warm the flowers and trees are always in bloom. You know, it's rainy season right now. So like after it rains, like the air it just feels so crisp and clean and the smog is gone. So you can see the mountains in the background and it's really beautiful. We're going to get into the Mexico City of it all very soon because also <laughs> one of my favorite cities and one of my favorite places. Um, but sure. kind of jumping back into this conversation around the beauty of nature, um, a big you know, kind of pillar of your brand is the sustainability aspect um, mm -hmm. and zero waste. So clearly you care about the earth, thank God. But I'd love to know, like, how did you get to that space? Because I feel like so many people entering the design world, like it'd be so easy to just get super cheap fabric that is like, tearing up the planet um and so what you do obviously has to be super intentional and like i imagine that also goes into your whole like sourcing process um but how did you even like get there i felt like it kind of the opportunity presented itself to me there was never a moment in time when i thought let me take the easy way out by making cheap clothing and polyester and having it be like a one size fits all model and doing it somewhere in Bangladesh where they're mm -hmm. using prison and child labor to make it happen. Like that was never the plan. <laughs> and when I started the brand, I felt that a lot of, especially black women in the sustainability and fashion space, they weren't making things that felt really high fashion. It was just like t-shirts that had like like black girl magic screen printed on it right yeah which is like cute in its own right but i was like i definitely don't want to go down that route either but i think from my education from school and also my aunt was a seamstress who owned an alteration shop and she taught oh. me so and i just saw how you know so many people would kind of like cheat her and be like well I can't afford $40 for you to have these pants, which is like, it's going to take me three hours to do it. So that's the price I'm set and how black women in the sustainability space, like have kind of just been put on the bottom of the totem pole was definitely alarming, but I knew for my education, like I could make things really special that could speak to people and that organically already were my senior collection at school. I just kept posting it and keep kept making different jackets and skirts and things that kind of felt in the same vibe as the collection just kept posting it after graduation and people would dm me and be like i want to buy this and i'm like okay they're like where do i do that do you have a website and i'm like no yeah. 
like, well, can I Venmo you? And I'm like, yeah, send me $300. And they did. So I sent them the garment. Period. (laughs) No, that's amazing, though. I mean, I I feel like a lot of founders, right? Like, it's not as cut and dry as like, I always knew I was going to do this and I knew this was going to, I was going to price my product and I knew this is what it was going to be. Like your story, I think will definitely resonate with a lot of people as you're kind of like figuring things out. And so with that though, there are a lot of challenges for black owned brands. And mm-hmm. I see that you are on Moda, which is amazing. Congratulations. Thank they you. get way too much of my money, but <laughs> How has your experience been as a black business owner kind of navigating just all the challenges? I think the biggest being just getting that exposure, like getting a fair chance compared to like white counterparts and like mm-hmm. access to capital. Like mm-hmm. how has that experience been for you? I mean – it runs so deep. (laughs) Parts of it are very beautiful and other parts are very traumatizing. But I think I started the brand at a very interesting time. Like I've seen post-pandemic fashion in pandemic fashion and this, Mm -hmm. I sorry, pre-pandemic fashion, pandemic fashion, and then post-pandemic fashion industry world that we're in. And there was definitely this explosion in 2020 right around the time George Floyd was murdered of support black designers, shop black, support black talents. Here's a list of like 10 black designers you need to know about people reposting our stuff like crazy people who I've been contacting them for years to collaborate with them or to carry my pieces in their store, like their white guilt, having them answer me immediately. It just helps things move so much faster. And I'm like, wow, is this what it's like to move through the world as like a powerful white man to just have like everything at your feet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, I have never experienced that. And sadly, most of that support has like gone and diminished because a lot of it was very performative. And a lot of people were just trying not to be called out because it was kind of like, I don't know, the French Revolution, like people are just cutting people's heads off with the guillotine, rightfully so, because they're doing crazy ass shit. But I think that support really helped to propel the brand, not only in recognition, but also with capital. You know, if I was able to make $20,000 in one month, I was like, oh, okay, now that I have some capital, like let me invest it into the infrastructure. Yeah this business without having to feel like I need to go to a bank and apply for a small business loan. And there's already trauma with that being black and applying for a business loan. Yep. So (laughs) that experience definitely runs deep to this day. And also the actions that have come out of that, like the 15% pledge and the black fashion council and just all of these resources, so many grants available to brands still. But it's it's really hard. And I hate when people are like, just keep applying to grants. And it's like, I, as a business owner, currently, I'm doing at least 10 people's jobs by myself. So at the end of the day, the last thing I want to do is write a collegiate level essay to a grant. I want to <laughs> eat Uber Eats in bed watching something really shitty on Netflix. <laughs> and it's like, not just that. It's like, some of these grants, it's like, show us a video of you. Help us understand your design process. And you're like, now I'm a producer. Now I'm like, it's, it's, it's true. It is like not easy. And like you said, you're wearing so many hats. Um, 
what I'm curious about, and this might be a little messy, hot topic, is <laughs> I feel like very often, mm-hmm. and this is a generalization, so guys, don't try to like come for me, but we do see a lot of black folks will spend their money on like, quote unquote, known designer. But when it comes to lesser known black designers who are not necessarily like asking for tons of money, but it feels like outside of what they should be priced at or what they're used to, there's Mm -hmm. so much pushback. Um, Have you experienced that? Whether it's like, you know, black women that look like us or just people in general trying to question like how you price your product. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like, you know, I call them like new money blacks and a lot of them (laughs) are like from tech and are from like San Francisco. Like it's not like that old money Atlanta. Like, yes, they love their Gucci Louis Prada, but it's like these were cities and people that were brought up on supporting black businesses. So for a lot of us, it doesn't even come natural because we didn't have the opportunities to know about this or the resources to support financially. But I feel that when I can get them in a room with the product and just being such a personable person, and I I don't like to go in with like private studio appointments and just say, so this is our new collection. I'm just like, how are you? How are you generally? Mm. What do you have coming up? How do you feel after your baby? How is work? Like Mm. people want to feel like you actually give a shit about their lives. And most of the time I actually do because a lot of my clients are extremely interesting. And I want people to know that I care about their wants and their needs. So it's like, oh, you just had a baby. You're feeling a little bit self-conscious and your midsection area. Look at these new high-waisted pants that we developed. And we developed Mm. actually so that, you know, it's easy to get in and out of the size of foreclosure. And I think that clienteling goes such a long way with people like that because they want to feel not only are they getting something luxurious, but they're getting a service that feels luxurious. Absolutely. And that's like way more of an elevated experience that you would get than your average, you know, going into a store. I may, maybe I'm like, I feel like you don't really see that kind of attention to detail anymore. And it's really sad. And, you know, I love doing pop-ups, even though there's so much work, because you get to see in real time how people first react to their product. Like I've seen girls walking down the street in a daze, look in the mirror, see my stuff, stop in their tracks, their jaw drops to the floor and they run into the store. It's like, that's a really good feeling. (laughs) So amazing. And your pieces are beautiful. So thank you. Very much warranted. (laughs) I want to shift gears a little bit unless there's anything that you'd like to like share or get into. Um, I just want to circle back to one thing you said about, because I thought about it also from like, you know, black people question my price points, but also like stores who retail and Mm. question there. It's like, Oh, we, we have this 15% pledge. Our black shelf is 15%, but there's only 15% for Telfar and Brandon and Wells Boner and Brother Valley's. Talk about it. <laughs> and the biggest name, like Virgil. And I'm just like, yeah, but Off-White was owned by New Guards Group, which is like mostly a bunch of racist Italian men. It's like this, it's so vague and it just feels like there's only room at like the very, very top mm-hmm. of establishments for Shop Black. And 
it's like, well, you know, if I'm competing against these heritage brands, like, you know, Telfar took him like years, over a decade to become who he is. Like, do I have to wait that long when I know the product is good now and deserves to be on the shelf right next to my black and my white counterparts? And and I'd say like challenging that as well, it's like there are white counterparts who are not necessarily, you know, I almost said a brand name that I never want to say ever again. They're Italian and extremely racist. So I'm going to like I use think- someone else. Like, but- like, right. I'm not like Chanel. I'm not like Dior. Like there are brands that are not like at the top of the fashion houses who you know, whether it's like a nepotism play or they just have the capital to really push marketing, that they're able to be on shelves making product that's not even of as good quality. No Mm -hmm. one questions their pricing or their like price point structure, however they do their business. And they can be on the shelves and like no one's heard of their brand before. Exactly. You do the research and then you're like, oh, this is so-and-so's daughter or, oh, this person knew this person. So it's like, why are black brands not afforded that same kind of like trust and faith? Is it because people don't think that people are going to buy it? Like, I think it's because what I see from my eyes is the whole game of this industry is really with like three parts to it. First one is connections. Like you can have mm. a beautiful product, but if you don't know the people to help you get it out there, get it to the right clientele, get it into the right stores. It's like if a tree dropped in the forest and no one heard it, did it really happen? Mm-hmm. The second one is definitely luck. <laughs> I feel like a lot of us black creators got really lucky in 2020 with all of this exposure. A lot of us, me included, didn't know exactly what to do with it because we didn't have the training and some of us did. And that was pure luck. And the third is talent. And it's sad that that is last, right. almost, but that's how I see it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to know, because I did want to switch gears, but now I'm like, ooh, let's keep going. Um, is there any advice that you would give for like budding designers like that are mm-hmm. trying to understand how to get into this business and how to navigate? I think I get asked this question a lot, and I think the thing that's helped the most was just me being really shameless, Mm. (laughs) sending the cold emails and calling people. And like, I don't want to call myself a stalker, but like doing the research and being prepared. So it's like when you do happen to run into that person, you know everything you want to say to them off of the bat, because sometimes it's just that face-to-face five-minute conversation connection that gets people to trust you. And they're like, yeah, I want to help you. Or yeah, come to the office. I want to show you this. I think closed mouths don't get fed, first of all. And also when you really are passionate passionate about what you're doing, people can feel that from the other end. And you don't need that much time to deliver what you need to. So it's like, let's just get coffee for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's creating that symbiotic relationship of I want to be present here with you and not feeling afraid to send the emails or the DMs because you're like, oh, they're never going to answer. They're never going to look at it. Like, you'd be surprised. Even when I'm left on red, I'm like, that's still a win. You still saw it. You saw you it. Still know my name. Yeah. Um, and they probably but- went to your page and like looked around. Exactly. And then some of the times people will be like, 
weeks later, like, so sorry, responding now, you know, I saw your DM, but I was busy and I'm responding. Like, you just never know. So you just have to try. And I think, you know, putting yourself out there sometimes is the hardest part because, you know, it doesn't feel good to fail, but failure is just a counterpart of success. Yeah. And I would just add, I mean, I'm not a designer, but I have a background in buying. It's like Mm -hmm. sometimes retail, like getting into retail doesn't have to be the end all be all goal. I think a lot of people want that stamp of approval, but there are so many talented brands that are just, you know, D to C or like direct to consumer or building out their respective brick and mortars. Mm -hmm. And they have really dedicated customers who just like love their product in a way that like you kind of try to get into the rat race of retail, which can like diminish your brand, like not diminish. Um, That's not the word I'm looking for. It, it can like kind of like cause your brand to crumble if you don't have the right funds to like be able to fulfill purchase orders or Absolutely. be able to take on the costs of markdowns or the cost that they may take out for marketing. And so people just think like I get in shelves and then it's all done. And it's like, that's like half the battle. Exactly. I've seen, you know, I have so many friends who are also small business owners in the industry who wholesale and just horror stories of, oh, you know, so-and-so placed a hundred thousand dollar order, but you know, I didn't read the contract and whatever didn't sell, they have the right to return. Return to so vendor. $70,000 worth of inventory from last season. Like what the hell am I going to do? Like calling me crying. And I'm like, we're going to get through this. Let's pour a shot. We're going to talk about it. And then we're going to call your lawyer. <laughs> yes. Budding designers, read your contracts. That's- read oh, your contracts. I'm like very aggressive. Like, like they're like, where, like we need you to sign it. And I'm just like, I need more time to read this like 15 page fine print contract. Cause I'm not trying to see any surprises. And it took me a really long time to learn how to stand up for myself like that. So I'm going to continue to do so. Yeah. I, and I love that you said that because I think some people just think like getting the chance, they'll just do whatever it takes. And it's like, just to be in this store, are you willing to potentially go bankrupt? Like, is it, th- is it that bad that you want to be in the store? Because like, those mm-hmm. are the types of things that can happen if you're not negotiating your terms or negotiating, you know, will you take a return a vendor or will you, you know, agree to their like markdown and pricing structure? So mm-hmm. I yeah. hope all the fashion girlies are listening and really honestly, anyone in, you know, and like product-based product. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, what do you think about Pharrell and Louis Vuitton? Did you, did you look at the show? I did. I did. Yeah. (laughs) I was like scrolling on TikTok, like looking at the reviews of the show. Honestly, I love Pharrell as an artist. I think he is more than qualified to have that position. I don't think it was, let's just get a celebrity name in here. And I felt the shift of let's focus on the clothes and less about Pharrell Williams being the new creative director of Louis Vuitton. I thought a lot of the silhouettes were incredibly strong. I'm not really an LV girl, I would Mm -hmm. say, but there's definitely some trousers and some jackets in there where I'm like, I would totally Beautiful jacket pieces, like outerwear, layering, yeah. Outerwear. And I felt that 
he knows exactly the silhouettes that, you know, look good on him, look good on people that he's styled in the past. It's like, he's going to give you some of that, but he's also going to give you some heritage of the brand in a very fresh way. And I think it's a testament to like, you know, look at all the people that came to the show wearing LV. You've got Beyonce, you've got Megan Thee Stallion, you've got Zendaya, you've got Willow and Jaden Smith. You have all these different personalities, Rihanna and ASAP, like everyone looked incredible, but they were wearing LV their way. And I think that's just like a testament to like Pharrell's direction. It's like, we're not going to make a cookie cutter mold of LV for the entire world. We're going to give people good options and let them take it from there. And that's also how I approach my brand. So I think it's a very interesting moment for designer because Mm-hmm. there's this conversation everywhere about quiet luxury. We keep talking about it I and hate. like, <laughs> I know it's exhausting, but honestly, I, on a previous episode, I was, I was saying like, I'm kind of over logo mania. Like, and I'm, I'm a, I am just like uh, the problem. Like I understand that I'm the problem. <laughs> like I have the gaudiest Gucci sunglasses and the big B Balenciaga and like designer, designer, designer. I just get like, it happens. I'm just like, oh, why did I buy that? Oh, I did it. It happened. And I found that like, as I'm getting older, I'm like, I just want something like simple, like still very, you know, elevated, still like giving you a little bit of like, Oh, she knows her shit. So mm-hmm. I've leaned in a little bit on like the Loewe or like mm-hmm. now I'm like obsessed with Celine again. And I like the, the classic trapeze bag and just the like, row. yes, the, oh, yeah. the row and yeah. just like clean cut, like just good quality shit. Like a, a yeah. t-shirt that costs a hundred dollars, but guess what? I'm going to be able to wear that t-shirt. I hope for like five years. <laughs> more than that right like even longer and it's just like simple it's like you have like a core top a nice pant or a good jean and like your quiet luxury purse or like your cute little sunglass or accessory and i get why there has been this shift and like we talked about this on a previous episode that that's definitely like rooted in a lot of white supremacy because the Mm -hmm. more brands become accessible quote unquote or you see more rappers or people that like it mm-hmm. seems ghetto wearing the brand like people want to push away from it but the irony i think is like louis vuitton was like give it to me like yeah. they had i mean obviously this was with pharrell's influence and i'm sure they knew that that was going to come with it like yeah the clips this walking like in the show luxury man oh not at all it was all like i was like and this is not to offend anyone, but I was like, the scammers are going to go crazy. Like my hood boys in Brooklyn are going to be Louis down. And I love that for them. I, I love that crazy. for them. Yeah. <laughs> Even like, do you subconsciously judge people in the airport when you see them? They like all of their luggage is like the Louis, like brown and like camel, like checker. I'm like, this is so gaudy because it's like seven suitcases in this print. But it's also a major flex. <laughs> oh, huge flex. 
Absolutely. And we'll, where Louis will always get me is luggage. Like, I think they do luggage very well. They do. And yeah. it's just one of those things where, like, a cute little Louis duffel, like, Mm-hmm. Like it might, you might get me. You might I always get me. find them on like the real, real, and they'll be like seven hundred dollars. Like, okay, I'm gonna wait for it to go down to like four, but it never goes down to four. Like people will buy it at like six. Like people are dedicated to Louis luggage. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Okay. Finally, shifted gears. I wanted to get into just more about your travels and like Mexico City. When did you first move there? I moved here in September of 2021, so it's been about a year and a half, and the first time I had come to Mexico City was like March of that year, March of 2021, and it was very serendipitous. I was doing an art residency in Oaxaca in the south of Mexico, and um, also my friend was staying with his family at their vacation villa in Tulum. So in between those two things, I kind of had a week where I didn't have anything to do and I was going to be alone. And I was like, it doesn't really make sense to like go back to New York to then go back to Mexico. <laughs> so a lot of my friends were like, why don't you, you know, try out Mexico city? I've been here for a couple of weeks. I'm like, I don't know. I just came from New York. I don't want to go to another city. But I just did it and I booked an Airbnb like the night before and I got here and I was like, oh, I knew instantly it was like, this is somewhere that I want to live one day. Just like the culture and the pace of the city and how it reminds me of so many different places. It feels mm-hmm. obviously Mexican, but it also has like elements of Barcelona, just people sitting in bars all day, eating tapas and talking shit. And it also reminds me of LA where it's like just people are very health conscious and going to the farmer's market and buying fresh fruits and vegetables cut up in smoothies every day. <laughs> and just all of these influences that just felt very aligned to where I was at in life. And after the art residency, I realized, you know, there's so many talented artisans in this country and I love working with people hands-on. I love working with people that use their hands to make the products and everything isn't so machine made and automated. So the plan was just to come down here in the fall through the winter, escape New York City winter for a few months, yes. make some samples, put it online, see what happens. And that turned into like two very successful collections and my also my mental health just skyrocketed here. I think because obviously the cost of living in Mexico is going to be so much lower than it is in New York City. So I felt like, you know, I could kind of let my hair down and breathe a little bit and everything didn't have to be like, well, I have to do this and I have to make rent and like all of that energy that was suffocating me in New York kind of like went away here. And I felt that all of my friends and community here that I was cultivating, it kind of was like when I moved to New York and was cultivating that relationship. It was just nice to just have a different change of pace in my life. And I guess ease definitely came out through the clothes. Things definitely got looser, more colorful, more ostentatious maybe. Um, And definitely a huge emphasis on handcraft. My gosh, so much is like resonating. Um, and I'm really glad that we were able to have this conversation one-on-one selfishly. Um, (laughs) just because, you know, everything you're saying, I think is so inspiring to people who just don't know much about this, this world and this landscape, but they're super curious. And I think it's also really seeing you like 
truly invest in sustainable fashion because some folks will like have sustainable fabrications and then outsource and not pay their workers well or like not think about the working conditions or just and there's so many layers to it and it takes you know more work it's harder it's not as easy but it is you know what I think makes people want to support you even more Mm -hmm. and so definitely want to give you kudos and your flowers for doing the extra work but like we need this thank you now I, I say all the time running a small business is hard running a sustainably minded small business is even harder because Mm -hmm. you can't take all of those shortcuts and the greenwashing and all of those excuses that most companies use in order to operate. So it definitely is a labor of love. And I think it was, I was listening to this podcast with Eileen Fisher and she's like, I knew I wanted to start my own brand when someone said like, if you had to get up in the middle of the night, like three o'clock in the morning when you're dead tired, because there's like an emergency with this passion project you have and you could do it without complaining because you love it so much, then you should have your own company. And I feel that way. I'm waking up in the middle of the night all the time to do shit. (laughs) But it's for you. But it's for me. And it's like, I'm not supporting like, you know, the man, the corporation, like all of the things that I just don't agree with in America, mostly. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. 100% there with you. Well, is there, well, there are things that you should definitely tell the listeners where to find you. um, But if there's anything you want to add on to that, please like tell us where can we find you? Where can we shop? How do we just like get all our our hands on all the goodies? So you can shop Nia Thomas at niathomas.co. Um, N is in Nancy, I is in ice, A is in apple, T-H-O-M-A-S dot C-O. That is also our Instagram handle and TikTok at neathomas.co. And if you want to shop our pieces in person, you can sign up for our newsletter to see if we're doing any pop-ups around your area. We love popping into different cities. We've done pop-ups in Barcelona and LA and New York and Mexico City. So got to check that out and then to permanently shop the collections in brick and mortar or online retailers there is a list of stockists on our website that you can support as well amazing well thank you so much for joining us today and sharing um we'll be sure to also put your website and your instagram handle in the show notes so you all have no excuse not to get shopping especially as we are in the summer season, we are recording on the summer solstice. Happy so, summer solstice. Happy summer solstice, y'all. Get to shopping and please make sure you are following Nia to stay posted on all that she's doing. And thank you so, so much. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, group chat, before we officially leave you and the episode is truly over, I have to reiterate my experience with Dove and their crown collection. I just really have been loving this. This collection is the first holistic hair and scalp health system with our curls, coils, and kinks in mind. Comes with amazing, amazing ingredients like squalene, which you all know is a fave of mine, prebiotics, shampoo, conditioner, a serum, a leave-in conditioner, 
and a defining buttercream. I love using these products as I'm really focusing on hair growth and especially in between my protective styles. Scalp health is so important for growth retention. And as you are on your hair journey, however you style your crown, I encourage you to try the Dove Crown Collection and tell us what you think. This Black Girls Texting episode was brought to you by STEM. Check out STEM if you're looking for bug killers and repellents that contain plant-based active ingredients and are entomologist tested. STEM products are available online through Amazon and in stores at big box retail stores such as Walmart, Target, and even Dollar General or Walgreens. What would you do? Okay, so for what would you do? I was actually on the twatter. No, not twatter. What's it called? TikTok. Oh. No, I refuse to download threads. I'm not giving Mark Zuckerberg more of my data. Thank you. Um, you and also, I'm on, thing. I'm on, yeah, you know they're just collecting that shit for AI and using your shit. Oh my God, so wait. Can learn how to AI? Like a black woman. Huh? Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, to, not to cut you off. I just have to show you this. I did the thing with the big pregnancy picture. Oh my God, wait. <laughs> Why won't it show? Why do you have locks? Because the pictures I uploaded, I had locks in them. Damn, it's not showing, like, whatever. But that, that's me. They made me look like a damn child bride. <laughs> yeah, that's the little And then strange. look at me getting ready to walk down the aisle. Oh, that's pretty. That's fire. They've made your breasts so large. They gave me big-ass breasts. <laughs> and then I also made kid versions of myself, too. Yep, so... Now they're collecting your face too. They have everything. They already got it. I mean, yeah, our voices are all already on YouTube. Did I tell you that the other day someone called me and they're like, hello, is this Chelsea? And said my last name. And I was like, yeah. And on the phone, it said it had a number and the, you know, under it has a word. It said Venezuela. And I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, who's asking? And they were like, you're going to jail. Oh my God. Shut up. I was like. And then I changed my voice. So I was like, oh, they're probably collecting my voice sounds. And I was like, um, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to give you money. Because you know that they're trying to like. He said you're going people. to jail. Yeah, he said, you're going to jail for a very long time. We know what you did. What? I was with my mom and sister. It was so fucking weird. But anyways. Okay. The what would you do is I was on TikTok and um, this girl who you might, you might know her. Um she was basically talking about how she was talking to her friend about this incredible date she went on they had dinner they had drinks and then the guy this was in manhattan the guy took her to an apartment that he had rented out for the night and scheduled a like almost like a sip and paint with a private artist Oh. And she was like, this was such a cool date. Like, I had never been on a date yeah, like this. I was this. like, and then what did he do? Tie her up? I'm no, like, no, no, no. Oh, um, he gave her, like, a big t-shirt smock to change in if she wanted to while she, they were painting. And she was like, it was so romantic. And then her friend looks at her and goes, wait. Why did he I went on that exact same date. Shows her the picture of the man, and they went on the date with the same person, the exact same date. They, in fact, both have a picture of them holding up their thing with the white smock. Girl, no, I'm shook. So what would you do? (laughs) Okay. Oh, God. So 
the friend is no longer seeing that man. Like they, she went on that same date and she never spoke to him again. I mean, they had just found out because the girl's like, yeah, they don't date. They've just been, I think that they're dating or like they've been on dates. And she was talking about how beautiful this date was. And her friend was like, I went on that exact same date. Turns but out the, it was with the same guy. But the friend is no longer seeing the man. Like she just happened to like. I don't know. Unclear from the video. I hope not. Let's say she's no longer seeing the man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then whatever, right? Like, <laughs> damn. I mean annoying that you're go uh, peddling the same dates all over the place all over town it's a little fucking lame but if it works it works right like you know so you would keep talking to the man that gave you the same date to be like just a bit more tailored to me and the things that i like probably but but people take people on dates like to the the co the cocktail bar they know is amazing and the restaurant they know is fire, right? That's true. But something about that extra touch, it's like you knew this was gonna impress. You've seen it. You've seen it impress people you've done it before because you've done it before, and you did it exactly the same way. We have the same picture. We're wearing the same exact smock. Something about how many other people went on this date? How many other people have you taken on this exact same date? It's getting psycho. It's me. a little scary. It is a little scary. But then I'm like, yeah, to, to me, I'm like, damn, why does he want to keep having that same experience too? Like, you like, it's like you're just in a, yeah, it's just like you're in the same like rotating cycle. You just swap out the woman. Well, yeah, exactly. That's how I would feel. That's you're just you swapping did. me out. You're not interested in actually getting to know me or me as a person. It's just like, a you want to see me in this white smock. Yeah, and maybe you might get some yams because you rented the apartment for the night. Why? I want to know why he rented in an apartment. Where does he live? Well, I think that's like a show of like, maybe like I got money, so I rented out a nice apartment with a beautiful. Well, then why don't you have it in your apartment? That's what I'm saying. I don't know, child. I, I would still date the man, child. Yeah. Who am I kidding? <laughs> I'm going. What other yeah, what other you got from the book? Your book of dates. <laughs> Let me flip through and select the one. A la carte dates. You tell him. Would you be like, I heard you did this exact same date with someone who turns out to be my best friend. Oh my God. No, I would be scared. Which then makes you think that like maybe he is a little crazy because why do I feel scared to bring that up? Right. You think he's going to kill you? Like, no, I didn't. Like, he would just <laughs> deny it or it would just be weird. That is weird. Send me the TikTok. Send me that TikTok. I have to I'll see send that. you the TikTok. Um, but yeah, be safe out there, ladies, dating. Um, you might be on a recycled date. But enjoy it. Eat the free meal, drink the free drinks, and get your sipping paint on. Yeah. Listen, imagine if I end up on a date like that. That would be crazy. Oh my god, if you that end up on a date like that, you have to just then do I'll it. be scared. Yeah. Be like, I'm in the harem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, chat. Yes, thanks for listening. Love you. We are Black Girls Texting. Black Girls Texting on all platforms. Except for... Yeah, Black Girls Texting on everything, really. Yeah, because we'll be doing on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> all right, love you for listening. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. 
make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting, and we'll see you next week. Bye.